Welcome, and thanks for listening to this message from City Bridge Community Church. Our heart at City Bridge is to call all people to be fully devoted followers of Christ. To learn more about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. Now, here's the message. I'm excited about this time. I'm excited about family worship. I'm excited about the time that we get together. I'm excited because a lot of reasons. One, parents, you get to model to your kids how to worship, how to engage, how to take truths and take them home and apply them. So like, you might wanna figure out what you're gonna take out of this and take home and apply it. And then also, kids, you get to show your parents that worshiping God is a lot of fun. How many of you guys are ready to have some fun today? Yeah, all right, we already had some fun in the ways that we played. Here's the thing, it's family worship. I'm getting to see your families right now, which is a really, really cool thing. I love seeing all the kids in here and actually being able to be like, oh, you're this person's kid. Okay, cool, now I understand a lot. Um, and, uh, and also, man, it's just good to be in the house of the Lord together. Since I get to see your families, I thought it would be only fair if I introduced you to my family. So up here, you'll see a picture from, this is my family. These are my boys, Noah and Micah. Micah, so like this picture really encapsulates our family dynamic. Noah's like up there, kind of like on the rail, smiling, doing what he's supposed to do. Micah looks like he's about to swing out because Micah's just fearless like that. Noah's like, I'm gonna do the right thing. If this is the right thing to do in a picture. And Micah's like, I'm about to swing out and go jump on a horse because we were at a horse ranch. Uh, and this is my wife, Catherine. And yes, she's the best part of our family. Uh, if you were to look at Catherine and be like, hey, I know her, so I guess I, that's Catherine's husband. That makes sense. That's how I'm most commonly known around these areas. I am Catherine's husband, and it's a badge that I wear with pride. She is probably one of the best parts of our family. Love that she leads and guides our kids the way that she does, and also, man, jumps in with women's Bible study and new mom ministry here. It is a really, really cool thing to be Catherine's husband. It's just fun. And it's fun to be Noah and Micah's dad. They got to be in here last service and were just jumping around playing. They actually, they were in the section that won because their granddad was with them and he ran up and dropped something into the bucket. So it was like a really cool moment for our family to just be like, yes, shark bait, ooh ha ha, we got it. Uh, and it was so cool. And so this is one of the things, did y'all hear that? What is, okay. And he has music, okay. This looks like, it kind of feels like Big Bird's cousin. I don't know if what is happening right now. I guess, I mean, our- Message in a bottle, message in a bottle. Thank you, I mean, who, who are, whoa, okay. We have an aggressive, I was gonna ask who he was, but he got kind of aggressive on me, so I felt like I probably was crossing the line there. Um, well, I guess, I guess I guess I should read this, right, kids? Yeah? Okay, let's let's check this out. Let's see what's going on. Um, feels like this used to be Topo Chico, which could really use right about now. All right, let's see. Uh, so family worship, I guess we're gonna have characters come in. Uh, apparently, felt like they should have told somebody. Uh, but here we go. It's, it's, this, is a, this is a very elaborate message from a parrot who is very aggressive. Here, uh, here's what it says. We hear there is treasure in the galleys you hold. This feels very arg. Um, alas, our bounty will be of rubies and gold. Oh, we're rhyming. Okay, let's try this again. We hear there's treasure in the galleys you hold. Alas, 
our bounty will be of rubies and gold. Batten down your hatches as we come with the tide. Give up the treasures, landlubbers. There's nowhere to hide. Okay, so kids, any idea? Who do you think we have coming? Anybody? Okay, somebody's like pirates. That's for sure pirates. Okay, cool. Well, I don't think they're coming today. I think they'll probably be here next week. This feels, or otherwise I'm just gonna be on my toes the entire time. So, uh, man, let's do this. Kids, this is a really good discipleship moment. Anytime you're given something that you don't really know what to do with, it's always good to just pray. So we're gonna pray and see, see where we go next. Uh, okay, dear gracious Heavenly Father, we love you, we praise you, we thank you because you're good and we can trust you. And so Lord, we, we trust you with messages in a bottle and pirates, but more than anything, we trust you with your word. Lord, would you write your word on our hearts that we would trust it more than we trust our circumstances. That your word would be rooted in our hearts and our minds and it would conform us to your image, to who you are. Lord, set us free from the false narratives that we wanna believe to pursue the story you've laid out before us. God, we love you. Take this time and use it for your good, for your glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, guys, I'm really excited. We're gonna start this series about treasures, treasures that transform us. And one of the things that I love about this is that we're gonna have people that come up on stage that have been on staff that talk about the verses that have changed the trajectory of their lives, that have changed their lives like drastically to where we would say, man, this is a treasure hidden in God's word. And so kids, come with us as we go on this treasure hunt, as we uncover the treasures that God has set before us so that we could be conformed into his image, into who he's called us to be. It's gonna be an incredible adventure. Uh, and for me, if I, were to, I, if I were to say, like, this is where my treasure hunt began. It began when I was your age, kids, and it began when I heard of heaven and what I thought of heaven. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna play a little bit of a game. We'll call it a game. Uh, I'm going to give you 30 seconds, kids. And in that 30 seconds, I'm gonna ask you to yell as much as you can about what you think will be in heaven. Don't do it yet. We're gonna practice a little bit. What we're gonna say is I'm gonna go one, two, three, go. And then you're gonna start yelling out all the things that you think are gonna be in heaven. And then I'm gonna do this number. And when I do this, we're gonna get as quiet as a mouse, okay? So we're gonna practice it once where you're gonna yell as loud as you can and then I'm gonna do this just so we make sure we get the cutoff right and then I'm gonna ask you to yell out what you think is in heaven. So I'm gonna count us down and you're gonna get as loud as you can and then you're gonna stop when I do this. Okay, you ready? Kids, are you ready? Okay, you don't sound ready. You for sure don't sound ready. Kids, are you ready? Okay, here we go, here we go. All right, we're gonna, this is just gonna be as loud as you can. Three, two, one, go. All right, now here's the thing. I believe you can be louder. What I also know is that sitting down often makes you not loud. So I'm going to ask you, stand in your chairs. Parents, spotters, spoons, not forks, right? Okay, so stand in your chairs. I'm, I'm not joking, stand in your chairs. And I'm gonna count us down, three, two, one, and I want you to yell out everything that you think will be in heaven. So this time we're not just making noise, we're saying, I think this will be in heaven. Spoons, not forks, spotters ready. Here we go. Three, two, one, go. Keep going, keep going. You got 30 seconds. Keep going. Give me some more things, really loud. Okay, 10, nine, eight. There we go. Man, okay, that was good. 
I heard a lot of things. Here's the deal, I wrote them down, and we have the privilege of technology. So here's what's gonna happen. Everything that I wrote down right here that I heard you yell, I'm gonna swipe up with my, with my pen. And when I do that, a picture of what you just yelled out is going to come on the screen. And we're gonna talk about what you saw and what you think of when you think of heaven. Are you guys ready? I'm looking at you, man. Are you ready, dude? Are you ready? All right, here we go. Count it down with me. Three, two, one. There it is. There we go. I love it. Oh my goodness. There's so much candy in heaven, apparently. Wow. If you eat this much candy, please see your dentist regularly. Uh, it's, it's imperative. Let's talk about this. All right, so there's puppies in heaven because all dogs go to heaven. For sure, there's puppies. It looks like there's a lot, a lot of candy. That's gotta be a blue coconut slushy river from Sonic because that's the best slushy at Sonic. It's, it looks like it already has nerds in it. We've got a roller coaster ride. Uh, we got some people playing soccer. There's a lion and a giraffe. I'm assuming that the lion and the giraffe are the goalie, which if that's the case, my money's on the lion because we've all heard of cat-like reflexes, right? Like this, this is a great picture of heaven, right? Here's the thing. When I was a kid, when I was y'all's age, this is, this is not too far off from what I thought heaven would be, right? I thought heaven was either that or it was either uh, when I was like watching cartoons and you'd see somebody go floating on a cloud and they'd be playing a harp. And I, I remember thinking, I remember thinking, if this is heaven, I'm nervous that I'm gonna be bored. If this is heaven and all I do is play a harp on a cloud, I worried about boredom. I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know what's gonna happen. If it's dependent on me, I'm going to get bored. Like John 3.16 was the verse when I was a kid that was one of these treasures. It was the verse that said, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him will not perish or should not perish, but will have eternal life. And when I thought eternal life, I thought life for eternity, right? I thought, oh my goodness, what do I do for forever? It's better than the alternative but I'm scared that I'm gonna get bored. I'm worried that I'm gonna get bored. I'm nervous that I'm gonna get bored. And, and I started to view heaven in terms of me. I started to think of heaven as dependent on me. As I got older, as I turned 13, I, I started to think about other things. I started to like, kind of grow. And as I started to grow, I started to think, you know what, heaven's probably not so much about a harp, but it's probably more about I get all the food that I ever wanted, all the people that I ever wanted are around me, I'm in this tropical paradise, everything's included, I don't have any worries, I don't have a job, I don't have any responsibilities. I started to think heaven was a lot like this, coming up. Yeah, basically I thought heaven was sandals, right? An all-inclusive resort, somebody's bringing you stuff all the time, you like don't have to pay for anything, you've got all these activities, and like all the activities are included, and like this was heaven to me, right? And even still, heaven, when I thought of it that way, was centered around me, and when I thought of heaven as centered around me, heaven still felt like, at some point, I'm gonna deal with boredom. Because I thought, when Jesus was saying, in John 3, 16, eternal life, I thought he was talking about life for forever. The transformational truth that hit me was when I was in college. This treasure that was hidden away in John 17, 3. John 17, three says this, and this is eternal life, 
that they know you, the only true God, in Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You see, I believed the lie that heaven was just a place. And that that place was going to be centered around me. I thought that's what heaven was. And truthfully, when we look at this and we look at John 3.16, we see heaven is going to be a place, but it's going to be a place where you know God. And that is what makes heaven heaven. Is that we're in a relationship, an abiding relationship, a deep relationship with God. We get to know him more every day. And we get to experience him new every day. Like, what I realized as I started to say, like, man, heaven is all these things and all these people and all these places for me, is that I had an idol that I was trying to escape to. And escape from stress and worry and things in this world. I was trying to escape the alternative of heaven by going to heaven, but it was still about me. But I realized, like, I had an idol, and that idol was myself. John Piper puts it this way. He puts it this way. If you could have heaven with no sickness and with all the friends you ever had on earth, all the food you ever liked on earth, all the leisurely activities you ever enjoyed, all the natural beauties you ever saw, all the physical pleasures you ever tasted, and no human conflict or any natural disasters, could you be satisfied with heaven if Christ were not there? Yeah, I love that. That is the answer, right? Like, this is it. I love that. That's so good. Like, this is the answer that we all know we should, ha we should have. And my question to you is, is that the answer that's actually in your heart? Another way to look at it is this, right? Am I pursuing Jesus to get something else? Am I pursuing Jesus to get something else? When I was a kid, I thought, man, if I was going to be good, if I was gonna pursue Jesus, then Jesus would give me three hits in my next baseball game. I'd go three for three, three doubles, four RBIs, something like that. I'd have an unreal stat line. I thought that I could use Jesus to get something else, right? Like, like parents, if you think that by being in here, you're going to make your kids better behaved, and so you're gonna play at this Christianity game to make your kids better behaved kids. You're pursuing an idol. You're not pursuing Jesus. If you're coming in this room thinking, man, there, at least there's good guys and good girls in this room, and so like, it's, I'm, I have a better option of finding a spouse here, all right? I'm probably gonna end up with like less, maybe less entanglement. Guys, my friends, I wanna, be, I wanna love you and tell you, you're pursuing an idol, you're not pursuing Jesus. If you're coming here thinking, man, this will be a way for me to grow my business because I'll belong to a group of people and, and they'll see that I'm a Christian and then they'll trust me more and so they'll use my business more or they'll buy from me more or whatever. Like, my friends, I wanna tell you something. You're pursuing an idol. You're not pursuing Jesus. The beauty of the gospel is this, that we get to know the one true God and the one who he sent, Jesus Christ. The best part of heaven is made available to you now. You don't have to wait to get there. This was the other lie that I thought, that I had to wait to get to heaven. And to some degree you do, but not the best part of it. Not the thing that makes heaven, heaven. You see, 
Like I could go to a sandals resort and I could have a tropical paradise. The thing that made the Garden of Eden was not that it was a tropical paradise. It was that we walked with God in the cool of the day. It's that we were in relationship with him. This is reflected all throughout scripture. Like when Jesus says that this man discovers a treasure in the field and so he goes and sells everything he has to buy that treasure, he wasn't buying a treasure that he was eventually going to get. He was buying a treasure that he had access to right then. And Jesus is saying, this is your relationship with God. When Peter, James, and John were on the mount when Jesus transfigured into his glory with Elijah and Moses beside him, it wasn't because of the beautiful scenery of the mountain that Peter was like, hey, let's build tents here and stay here. It was because they experienced the fullness of who Christ is. That's why David puts it this way. Better is one day in your courts, better is one day in your presence than thousands elsewhere. The beauty of the gospel is that the God, the one true God of the universe, is made knowable to us. That is the treasure of the gospel. And my friends, I just wanna love you well and tell you in places where you're playing at that relationship and hopes to get something else, you're chasing an idol. You're not chasing Jesus. You're chasing an idol that's going to take life from you and not give life to you, regardless of how good it is. If you're chasing Jesus thinking it's gonna fix your marriage, my friends, you're chasing an idol. You're not actually chasing Jesus. And I wanna love you enough to tell you, like that's not what Christ died for. When I read John 17, three, and I come back to John three sixteen. it's easy to read it this way. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him might know the one and true God and the one who he sent, Jesus Christ. You see, this is what our sin has done to us. Our sin has separated us from him. Our sin has separated us from the one that we were created for, the one that we were created to know, the one that we were created to be in a relationship with. Our sin broke it and pushed us far from him. And God, because he loves us, came and bore that penalty on the cross for us so that we could have that relationship, not so we could have a place to go to when we die, and we will have a place to go to when we die, but it was so that we could know him. It was so that we could look at our lives and the things that keep us from knowing him and we could say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Like Paul puts it this way in Acts 17, like this is what you were created for. He says in Acts 17, 26 through 28, he says, and from one man, God created all nations of men and determined where they would roam and the periods they would have and where they would dwell so that we might seek him, so that we might grope for him or perhaps feel our way towards him because he's not far from each and every single one of us. There's two ways that when we view eternity, it changes everything we do. If we view eternity as a place to go to to be about us, then, then Christianity on this earth kind of becomes about us. Can I use it to fix my situation that I'm in? 
you kind of want the byproducts of following Jesus, but not actually Jesus. And my friends, if you're doing that, I want to love you well, and I want to tell you, you're at least pursuing an idol. You might not actually be a Christian. That should be something that you wrestle with. Jesus puts it this way. In Mark 8, he's talking to a crowd of people and his disciples. And in Mark 8, he's addressing the same thing. Like if you're you're trying to get something else, if you're trying to save your own life, you're gonna end up losing it. He says it this way. In Mark 8, verse 34, he says, and calling the crowd to him with his disciples, he said to them, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what gain does it benefit if you lose, if you gain the whole world and forfeit your soul? My friends, I would read this verse and I would focus on what I had to give up. It'd be one of those moments where like, oh, here we go again. I'm just gonna kind of get beat down by what I'm leaving and what I'm letting go of and what I need to, and what I need to remove. But what, what if we read it in view of, man, Christ died so that we could have the ultimate treasure of knowing God, the one true God, and the one he sent, Jesus Christ, then there's nothing too costly to give up. Like even in this section where he says, if anyone would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. Like, yes, but you get Jesus. You get him. The ultimate treasure of the universe. There's nothing worth holding on to if I can't have him. Like think of it this way. If you're pursuing this, if you're playing at the Christianity game to get a spouse, if you get a spouse but you don't have Jesus, what have you gained? If you're, if you're playing at this Christianity game, trying to like build up your financial portfolio so that you have security, wait, if you get financial security in this life but you don't have Jesus, what have you gained? Thank you. You haven't gained anything. You've lost it all. My friends, the treasure of the gospel is that you get to know the one true God. And it's what he died for. And he's what he calls you to. And I know, like this is why Jesus referenced this in Mark 8. I know that it's easy to be distracted. This is why Jesus says deny yourself. Because in the midst of it, I can be distracted by what I think might be better. To put it in like a a more human tone, right? So when I get done with work, I go home, I pull up in my driveway, I probably finish sending a text message. I don't text while I'm driving, but I like park, and then I send a text message or an email or something like that to kind of finish out my day. And I'm just, just to be really frank, I'm tired. I'm tired. I wanna walk in, I wanna disappear into my room for a second, I wanna get on my phone, and I I just wanna have some me time, right? But, I walk in, I'm greeted by Noah and Micah. And they come up to me and they're like, hey daddy, daddy, let's go on an adventure. For those of you who are wondering, yes, we do adventures, they're actually called walks. Um, but they're like, let's go on an adventure. And in that moment, I'm, I'm, I'm faced with two options. I can do what myself wants to do. And I can dive into my phone. 
Or I can put down my backpack and my phone and I can pick up the goggles and the water shoes and I can go on the adventure with my boys as we walk and we play in the creek. One of those is infinitely better. One of those is, is I get in this relationship where I'm on an adventure with my sons and I get to see them interact with the world around them. I get to know them. They get to know their dad as they like see him stumble and fall over a rock in the, pond, in the, in the creek or as I get to identify different bugs because I have a biology background and they don't actually care but they think it's funny when I point it out. Or, like, or when we play and they get to know me. When we view scripture through this treasure of we get to know God, Mark 8 turns into not what am I giving up, but what do I get called into? Like Christ calls us to follow him. He calls us into the better thing. He calls us into the adventure of following him and knowing our God. And as he calls us into this adventure, we get to be free to experience the best part of heaven now in this relationship that you were created for. And so, yeah, like my friend over there said, there is nothing worth holding on to to pursue the treasure of knowing God. So I might ask you, like, what are the idols that are distracting you? What are the things that get in your way? This could be a really good conversation where you could lead out when you go out to lunch with your family. You could ask, like, but just be honest, mom and dad, be honest with your kids. Hey, this, these are the things that distract me from pursuing Christ, from getting to know the best part of the treasure that I have available to me now. Another great thing to talk about with your family would be, hey, as a family, how could we pursue this together? How could we as a family start getting to know the biggest treasure of heaven now? Man, is, it, is it that we as a family get time in God's word every night? That we open up this book that's full of treasures from him? That we read a passage that's full of who he is, his way of letting us know him now? Is it that we read this and we ask questions together as a family? And maybe we make bedtime a little bit longer because we're pursuing the treasure of heaven made available to us now. Maybe you're doing this. Maybe you're already living authentically in front of your kids. Maybe it's showing them that part of knowing God now is being on his mission and so, you know what we're gonna do? We're gonna invite people over to our house from our neighborhood. We're gonna share a meal with them and we're gonna share with them the treasure that we found because this treasure doesn't run out. It's not a limited amount, but it's something that we can share with everyone. And we know our Father because we are playing in the mission that he's given us. I don't know what the best next step is for your family. I don't. But I know the God who has called you into the mission that he's given you. And I know there's not a greater treasure out there. 
to families. Let's go on this treasure hunt together. Thanks for listening. We pray this message encourages you on your journey with Jesus. If you found this message helpful, feel free to share it with others and leave us a review. To learn about City Bridge and how you can take your next faithful step with Jesus, check us out online at citybridgechurch.org. You can also follow us on social at citybridgecc. See you next time.